0: Welcome to the A to Z Sports. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. We are powered by BetMGM. Make sure you follow us all over social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok. We're Nashville's on demand sports.network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Got to thank our sponsors because they truly make it happen for us and they help out you guys. Renterswarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room at mandu.com. Your first workout is absolutely free. Wilson County Hyundai. If you need a new ride, head out to wilsoncountyhyundai.com in Lebanon uh, for their inventory, Calvin and subtle brand new hardwood floors and finishings. They're simply at Calvin and and the bone and joint Institute bone the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So Uh, You know, we'll talk about Josh Heupel a lot today because I I think he did a a fine job uh, yesterday in his first SEC media days. It was vanilla, nothing super spicy. But I did talk to Trey Wallace, of Rocky Top Insider, uh, yesterday afternoon after the Vols were done. Uh, He's got some great pieces up at RockyTopInsider.com, and Trey honestly is kind of a throwback uh, beat guy. He does a lot of investigative stuff. He has a lot of sources inside the program uh, where social media has changed how somebody covers uh, a team. And this story that he, he told me, two stories about Jeremy Pruitt. The first one, uh, the second one will be the audio we play. The first one was about how Jeremy Pruitt in the middle of the season last year, before game five, just decided on his own to install brand new defensive formation. And he didn't install it in practice. He installed it on the whiteboard in a meeting and just said, had a coach draw it up. And they said, here's six plays. Go out there and execute. That's something that can be done in the NFL, Zach. We know that that's not something that can be done in college football with athletes who are not you know, uh, football czars or football super smart who've been doing this at the professional level. But Jeremy Pruitt was overcomplicating so many different things. But the big story is what happened in Auburn and how Jeremy Pruitt continued to get in the way and to hurt his quarterback. Here's Trey Wallace from our conversation yesterday.
1: Don't have the small mistakes to turn a game around where you could win. Same thing happened at Auburn last year where Jared Garantano... You know, Tennessee's on the 12-yard line going in, you know, and Jeremy Pruitt decides, you know, he wants to call up to Cheney and say, hey, Cheney, you know, I want to pass here. Run this play. And Cheney's like, what are you talking about? And Jeremy's like, run the play. So they run that stupid play where Jarrett kind of rolls out and passes and its return for 99 yards <laughs> for a touchdown. <laughs> and 20. Jarrett's looking at the sideline like, we've never run this play before in this position. Uh, what are you doing? That's the thing, Austin, this year, that you're not going to see a problem with Tennessee. And that sucks, too,
0: because you know who gets all the blame for that. That's Jerry. It's on, on Jerry. It's on him. But they had un- never run that play before in that position. And that's just, and that's just being an awful coach. Yeah, that's <laughs> like Jeremy Pruitt. Out. That was a, a snippet of the story that I don't think has been told before. Uh, I was talking to some other people last night at dinner about that story. But that was a huge play, Zach. You remember Smoke Monday from Auburn just picked it off on the goal line, took it all the way back, and that decided that game. And everybody is always so quick to blame number two over the last several seasons, where Jeremy Pruitt is consistently putting his players in a bad situation, whether it's the quarterback right there in a play they've never run before in a certain situation that doesn't make sense, but he overrides the offensive coordinator to call that play or whether it's installing a brand new defense middle of the week on a whiteboard and asking guys who just moved to the linebacker position and Jeremy Banks and Carveris Crouch to learn it on a whiteboard and expecting them to execute and them just getting uh, blown out every week. It seems like Jeremy Pruitt, was a bad coach putting his players in bad situations. And I think Josh Heupel understands how to put his players in good situations, and that's proven by having top five offenses uh, under his resume at several different spots.
2: Well, I think what I take away from this story is – you can't put bad players in bad situations. You can put bad players in good situations to see what happens. But in this per- particular scenario, Jared Garantano proved that he was a bad player. He's a bad football player. He was no good. He was not good enough to be an SEC quarterback. But this particular play, and I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, you look back and you say... Uh, you know is this you know hindsight's 2020. Could that have changed the trajectory of the season? They win their first two games against South Carolina and Missouri, then they lose four straight to Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, and Arkansas. AM is postponed. Then comes Auburn. We all know the end of that game they lose, but that was the deciding play of yeah. that game. Yeah. If, in fact, if some buts, we know, but if they win that game. The season, I think, is viewed because they don't go on to lose six straight and seven out of their last eight. They have that win. And that was against 23rd ranked Auburn. That's a massive if, but it is coaching malpractice to put bad players in bad situations. You can't do it. We talk about Vanderbilt all the time. That's Vanderbilt's problem. Vanderbilt has a lot of uh Below average to average players they have to play above their means to win and take advantage of maybe the mistakes That's how Vanderbilt has beaten Tennessee in the past. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is not used to having those type players but they have in the last couple of years and their yeah. coaches, have put them in bad spots, and I think that's just a great example of it.
0: Yeah, so I want to know your guys' reaction to this to this story, because uh, Trey Wallace told me this yesterday. That my jaw dropped, and I was like, good Lord, what a ridiculous situation last season was. So let's ask you guys, what is your reaction to this Jared Garantano, Jeremy Pruitt story from last year? I will play the audio again, but first let me tell you guys about our friends over at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Make sure you know who to go to and who to trust. Whenever that injury pops up in life, you you have to learn how to deal with it. You have to go to the right doctors who will get you on the path to being back at full health in an efficient manner. And the Bone and Joint Institute, they they can take you every step along the way. Right there in Franklin, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, boneandjointtn.org.
2: Don't forget bet MGM Download the app today. Risk free six hundred dollar bet. Code ATOZ Sports. You can download that app. Austin and I have been having a great time throughout the last couple of months participating in Parlay Boost. They give you a free Bet Monday, which we've kind of uh, I, I don't know. We may have outsmarted, but if you know the you know if if the Texans win the Super Bowl, we have it. But but I don't think that's going to happen. BetMGM code ATOZ Sports. Download the app today.
0: All right, so I'm going to play the audio again. So I'll, I'll set the table for you. This is the Auburn game. Tennessee is down 13-10 to 10, uh, in the third quarter. They're currently on a 60-plus yard drive, taking up five minutes. They're in the red zone with a chance to take the lead or at the very least tie the game at 13. And then here's the story that Trey Wallace tells about Jeremy Pruitt getting in the way and essentially uh, throwing Jarrett Garantano under
1: the uh, public bus. Here's the story. Don't have the small mistakes that turn a game around where you could win. Same thing happened at Auburn last year where Jarrett Garantano, you know, Tennessee's on the twelve yard line going in, you know, and Jeremy Pruitt decides, you know, he wants to call up to Chaney and say, Hey Janey, you know, I want to pass here. Run this play. And Cheney's like, What are you talking about? And Jeremy's like, run the play. So they run that stupid play where Jarrett kind of rolls out and passes and it's returned for 99 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> 10 and points Jarrett's points. looking at the sideline like, we've never run this play before in this position. Ugh. What are you doing? That's the thing, Austin, this year, that you're not going to see a problem with Tennessee.
0: And that sucks too because you know who gets all the blame for that. That's Jarrett It's on, on Jarrett.
1: It's on him. Not but they had on... never
0: run that play before
1: in that position. And that's
0: just. And that's just – being an awful coach. Yeah. That's <laughs> like Jeremy Pruitt. That's Trey Wallace. The full conversation is on the A to Z sports podcast feed. Uh, this morning we'll be up on the A to Z sport podcast network uh, later on this morning as well. Zach. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous, right? It's, and, and I think you can have hope for Josh Heupel being a competent coach that can manage situations and not just think he's the smartest guy in the room because a lot of what you heard from Pruitt was that he felt he was the smartest guy in the room. And the, and Skyler says, no disrespect. I don't care about the JG or JP situation, neither on the team anymore here. I I've, I honestly feel like I need to tell people this story because ball fans for years were just down Jarrett Garantano's throat about how much he sucked and how much he ruined well, he did. Games. He did. He did. Don't he support did. him. He did. His well, one situation. Not, hold on. <laughs> but, but how many other times look, I'm not saying Jared Guarantano well, was a good started quarterback. To, though. I'm not saying Jared Garantano was a good quarterback at Tennessee. But I do think it's only fair to him to fully understand or to understand as much as we possibly can about how the head coach was putting him in an awful situation on a play they've never run before in the red zone. You don't run that play in the red zone on the road against Auburn at all. Like that's just stupid. And Jeremy Pruitt was consistently doing that with uh, his with players last year, and Josh Heupel's not going to, and that's and that's a that's a big deal for Tennessee fans moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I just don't think that this story tells the uh, Garantano. Nobody cares about all of this stuff, right? Because you have to win football games in the SEC. You can't make the mistakes that he made. This is one circumstance. And it justifies why both of them are no longer uh, Tennessee Volunteers, right? So that that's, I think, all this story does. Looking ahead, now that's a different conversation. But I don't think that this one story tells the, the, the full story of Jared Garantano or Jeremy Pruitt. They both were extremely bad. Contest. They both were bad. This does not take any. I I think zero. I think nothing different of Jared Garantano's quarterbacking skills. Even he threw the damn ball. <laughs> so, I, I, but you, I, you, I and we forget about that. I feel like you're you're pushing this all on Pruitt, and it's not all on Pruitt. A lot of it is in this situation, but the quarterback still has the opportunity to throw the ball away, do so, check it down, do something else, and he didn't do that.
0: I just I I sympathize with, with I don't. Jared Garantano nobody cares. dealing dealing with that guy and that nobody and that's cares it, it, it like
2: you I don't sympathize for a damn person if you throw picks in that is fine. Like he did. You shouldn't be sympathized. Well, I can't. I
0: can sympathize with whoever I want to sympathize with, Zach. I can do that. I can have empathy. I can have sympathy, all that stuff. If if you're going to be the other way around, I don't care. But I'm just telling you what I felt like I needed to do. I feel like I need to tell this story.
2: Yeah, you weren't you weren't very sympathetic during the season.
0: I know because I didn't have, because I thought. One Ch- story was- changed your mind? it it doesn't change. I'm not taking, I'm not completely flipping on this. I'm just, I think it's only fair to the player to add extra context to how bad the situation was. That's my only point here is that Jeremy Pruitt was consistently getting in the way of his players and making their jobs harder when their jobs were already hard enough because they didn't have all the talent in the world. Like, Uh, Again, Henry Toto was spending more time lining up Jeremy Banks and Graveris Crouch at linebacker than he was focusing on his job on that play, which is why he consistently looked like he was getting beat and why he probably didn't want to come back anymore. And so when you're trying to install a new defense in the middle of the week when you know your linebackers are not the sharpest, a uh, group in the bunch outside of Toto. Why are you consistently doing this? I think it's only fair to call out coaches who make bad decisions and put their players in bad situations. And yes, I do sympathize with the college athlete who's put in a bad situation by a stupid coach. That's my point here. Uh,
2: no one cares. Get the job done. Win football games. That's at the all end right, of the day. Thanks.
0: Great analysis. I appreciate your work. Wait, is that
2: <laughs> not the truth?
0: That's all. I mean, but that, no, that, that's a pile. Of you know
2: what, Austin? You were screaming the same damn thing during the fall season, and now because it's been six six months and you have cooled down a little bit, and I, I just think you've changed your tune, which I don't. Think yeah, is because correct. I got
0: extra information. Like if I know if I didn't. That doesn't tell us.
2: That tells us. That solidifies that both were bad.
0: I, we knew I, that I before.
2: That. I, I knew that before this show.
0: Correct. Uh, I, I mean, yes, we knew they were both bad, but I, I think the the uh, why I feel like this is a a story worth telling today is because now Tennessee has a head coach who is an offensive guy and knows how to run an offense, and he can take the three star quarterback recruit and have him throw for 3,500 3, yards in a season at UCF. How does that translate to the SEC? We don't know yet, but we have, we'll figure that out. But at least he had the success doing it on offense in the SEC with Missouri a couple of years ago, even if it was with, with Drew Locke uh, and that offense at Missouri putting up a lot of points. But I, I just it makes me feel more confident that the players maybe aren't as bad as the coaching was making them look. It, when it comes to specific situations, the coaches were not enhancing the players' They were hurting the players in situations.
2: Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers will yield the same result if they don't find a quarterback. Not saying yes. anything, something uh, that anybody else doesn't know, but that's been the case of Tennessee football for decades. They and haven't not found dis- a quarterback. I, and so, I don't
0: disagree with that at all.
2: So And and so it didn't matter if Peruk called the player didn't. Garantano was not the quarterback to win games. He was going to lose games regardless. He didn't have it in him. He was not a good football quarterback player. That's just a fact. So we move forward to the future and ask this question. Do you buy or sell Josh Heupel flipping the Vols culture in one offseason? I think you could have stopped short and been like, yeah, well, yeah, because it's come from the dumps. But I do like... In one offseason, can that be flipped in a very short amount of time? That's the question we're going to be asking you guys.
0: Yeah, first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Suttle. Then I'll talk to you guys about really uh, what was said yesterday, Velis Jones Jr. with a killer killer quote about what Josh Heupel has done uh, with this locker room in the last six months. But first, Zach, Calvin and Suttle.
2: Yeah, 615-448-6414 or online at Calvin and Subtle. If you're in Middle Tennessee and you want to rip up all that old carpet and replace it with hardwood floors, there's one place to go, and that is Calvin and Subtle. They'll hook you up, I'm telling you. And they have, from luxury to cost-effective hardwood floors, they've got you covered. 615-448-6414. Once you pick out your perfect hardwood floor, just one to two weeks, they come in there Order the material and install. So very, very quick turnaround with Calvin and Subtle. Go online or give them a call and find your perfect hardwood flooring for your home today. 615-448-6414.
0: BetMGM, download the app. By the way, congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA title last night. BetMGM, is where to go for all of your sports gambling and sports betting needs. Download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk free bet up to $600 with your first deposit and your first bet. That's BetMGM. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or older, must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling palm support, call the Tennessee Redline at 800 889 9789. Here live on a Wednesday, we have Throwing Shade coming up, but uh, Josh Heipel. I think the biggest story of Josh Heupel talking to uh, the media yesterday at SEC Media Days was about the culture, the connection, the relationships uh, that he has built with his players and having them be proud to be a Tennessee volunteer athlete. You know, they've done all the events, right? They've played paintball. They did kickball. They did a home run derby at the Vols baseball field. They did top golf at Neyland Stadium. They've done cookouts, all this stuff, right? And it all sounds good. And on social media, it looks like these guys are hanging out. Vellis Jones Jr. talked about the brotherhood. But I specifically asked Vellis Jones Jr. yesterday, like, what about Josh Heupel's personality makes him relatable to players off the field that helps build these connections? And here was his quote. He has an amazing personality. He's a real open guy. Coach Heupel really interacts with the players. He's always around us. He's very involved. He's always around. You always see his face. And here's the kicker. I'm proud to go to war for that man this fall. So that was Vellis Jones Jr. Who's known Josh Heupel for six months. And so do you buy or sell Josh Heupel's ability to flip the culture in just this one off season? And does it translate to anything positive on the football field? Because we know it, Zach, with Butch Jones, with Jeremy Pruitt, it might have been good at times, but it ended all horribly. And it was like drill sergeant with Jeremy Pruitt. It was like you were an army cadet. You could not have fun. Zero fun, sir. All of that stuff. Where Josh Hypel's trying to make it light again. So, do you buy or sell this?
2: Well, I always cool question. You know, you don't want an overcompensation, and I think right. you know Pruitt had the Saban mentality: do your job, uh, stick to the rules, hit tackle, all of those things, the fundamentals. But, you know, I I think the culture is is interesting because, you know, they had – I mean, Tennessee was running a dirty program. (laughs) Call a spade a spade. Philip Fulmer and Jeremy Pruitt were running a dirty program. So, I I think I'm trying to see through the tea leaves that is hypo doing these things for team camaraderie or – on top of team camaraderie, is it for new eyes to say this is no longer a dirty program, these guys care about each other, we're having fun? Fun doesn't necessarily always win you football games, no. but I do think that the perception of all the things that you say make make it seem that they care about one another and they are there on their own accord, not being paid to be there, right? And there's a difference between that. So, uh, and, and that's NIL rules aside. But I, I, I do think that the culture will improve. But you're starting from a really bad base, right? So anything is better.
0: Yeah, yeah. More from Vela Jones Jr. yesterday. He says uh, that after workouts, players don't just leave and go back to their dorms or wherever. They hang out for an hour or so and talk about whatever. And he said at the end of the day, it's about brotherhood and that, that they have really have emphasized – building a culture and creating that connection and knowing each other better on the human being level where, you know, I, I, I buy it. Like, I think it helps. It's not going to be the decision maker. If the Vols win eight games versus five games next year, but I do think knowing your teammates, respecting your teammates and believing in them and getting to know them will only help you when it gets into the you know the hot practices and uh, the tight game situations where you can really lean on that connection with each other to to break through a tough moment. But it's it's not so I I buy it. I think it's desperately needed. You mentioned all the guys who are getting paid. I mean, it's not a surprise that you see the guys who all left and transferred to Oklahoma or wherever they went to right after Jeremy Pruitt got fired and try to connect the dots and saying hmm. Who was on the payroll, right? Like so, well, those are the, the guys best you, players. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the guys, I mean,
2: the best and, players and, get paid. Ask Alabama's quarterback.
0: Yeah, right. Bryce Young getting a million bucks in nil money, which is insane. But, but again, like you, you think, like it's pretty obvious to see who wants to be here in in Tennessee and who didn't, and who is being paid to be here, and say, "All right, checks have stopped. I'm out." Or cash is no longer flowing. I'm out of here. So I. I I buy it um, in it being a ground floor, uh, you know, establishment of a culture. I don't know how much it translates to anything on the field, but it's at least a positive step moving forward that can help you out in some recruiting because Zach in recruiting, you know, this, if a recruit comes to campus, they're hanging out with the current players. The current players can either say, yeah, man, like they can either tell the truth that it's a great atmosphere, or tell the truth that it sucks here and you shouldn't come here. And I've heard stories. Yeah, hey, of it- hey,
2: talk to my my bag man who will get you paid, right? Right,
0: all that stuff. Yeah.
2: And it, I thought this was a very good comment from. It seems to be a Kentucky fan, from Corey. Corey says he's buying it. He says he watched Kentucky do it as a Kentucky fan. And Mark Stoops saying may take a little while to yield results because it will depend on what kind of players you could pull, but it definitely can change the culture. I think that is a great comment and pretty eye-opening of what Mark Stoops is doing and has done with Kentucky football. Austin, you said it yourself, you feel like Kentucky is a much better football team and program right now than Tennessee, which I don't think we would have ever thought we would have said, I don't know, six, seven years ago, but that's the case. Can can Tennessee kind of take that same approach with better facilities and more of a prestigious football program? and turn that into a winner more quickly. I think that, to to answer the question, I will buy it, and I think here's the change based on what we were talking about earlier on the show in your podcast with Trey Wallace. What that solidified for me is Jeremy Pruitt didn't have an identity, and he had bad players or questionable players without an identity. You don't know what the hell to do. On that Auburn play, he didn't know what the hell to do, and it turned into six points the other way and a loss. Mm-hmm. I do think Josh Heupel, as a head coach in game coaching decisions, has had some experience. Pruitt did not; he was a defensive coordinator and then automatically, you know, a head coach. I think Heupel can take how he has managed a program. And that will expedite the process of cleaning things up and creating a better culture than what Pruitt and Fulmer. Fulmer was doing all that BS because they did it in the 90s. He was still sipping coffee and reading the newspaper. And and in that newspaper, he was paying players. Uh, Philip Fulmer should not go down as, uh, like, he will be immortalized as a Tennessee volunteer, but I will always hold him accountable for cheating his love of Knoxville. He cheated you guys. And that would piss me off. And with the help of Jeremy Pruitt, who didn't know what he was doing, I think this brand new culture turn and change with some experienced guys, now, albeit from you know Central Florida, still that's better. I would rather manage a ton of people than just being an employee and then all of a sudden been hand a big manager role. With a lot of scrutiny. As we know, that's what Tennessee's job yields. So I'll buy it. I'm more bullish on Josh Heupel than I was on Dooley, than I was on Butch, than I was on Pruitt. I thought Pruitt was going to be better than he was, but he was really bad.
0: Yeah, because uh, yeah, Pruitt said all the right things publicly early on. But anyway, so do, do you buy or sell Josh Heupel flipping the ball's culture in one offseason? Let's read some more comments. Then he says... If the players on the team right now are buying into Hypo and his system, then good, because I don't think that's been the case for multiple recent coaches. I know it wasn't the case uh, when Derek Dooley, took over for Lane Kiffin because those players loved Lane Kiffin for that one year. And they immediately did not respect Derek Dooley uh, and just decided to not show up to his intro team meeting and type of stuff like and that. And the
2: big question is, does his system work in big boy football? Is sure. it, well, is it Lane Kiffin and Hugh freeze system that works in big boy football or is it rich Rodriguez? Well, here's, well, it worked.
0: It it, it worked. It it scored points at Missouri, right? Because Missouri had the number one offense in the SEC. Not as a he, coach. That doesn't hold matter. On, hold on, I'm not done yet. But because the offense worked at Missouri, but what happened to Missouri? They didn't win a bunch of games those years with Drew Locke. They they were scoring a lot of points, but Barry Odom, who is a defensive head coach, was having his defense get a lot of points scored on it. And so then Barry Odom looks bad because Josh Heupel's offense is moving so fast that it's hanging on his defense. Uh, and so that's something to keep an eye on of what's the balance here for Josh Heupel of running his offense without just crushing and crumbling his defense. Yeah,
2: I, I don't want to compare apples to oranges because that's what I think that is. I'm not talking about offensive coordinators becoming head coaches. I'm talking about head coaches becoming head coaches in premier jobs. That's exactly. what I, I think. That's the correlation of what we're talking about because Rich Rod is a great example. That stuff worked and then it didn't work in Michigan. You don't want to recreate that. I think Heupel has a better opportunity to succeed. He's got to get a quarterback, and he has to find the right personnel on his coaching staff, his defensive coaching staff, because the hardest part is managing all of these guys. Only a few coaches can really do it very well, you know? can really manage a lot of people and get their system ingrained in their football roster.
0: Right. Uh, Jeff Rubel says selling one off season is too hard. Louis says sell. Brian says not at all fiction. He's going factor fiction on this. Charlie brings up that Josh Heupel's had more of an off season than Pruitt did with Harrison Bailey, which is true. Uh, and we'll get to the quarterbacks here in a little bit. Uh, Skyler says, uh, he's buying it because it speaks volumes that this offseason he's hearing vocal leaders this year. Blaine says, Buy culture doesn't necessarily mean winning 10 games, just look at Ole Miss. Uh, and you know that, like of what Lane Kiffin's been able to do. And well, year one year.
2: expectations are lower, right? So, and especially yeah. with the bowl band probably looming. I thought the love of the show for me goes to Billy Jones. I'm going to toss a love, All Billy. Right. I'm 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 tossing a love Billy's way because I think Billy hits it on the head. We can talk about all the stuff he's done, but if it doesn't work, can Hypel adapt? And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the big decisions are made. That's what we found out that it didn't work for Butch. It didn't work for Dooley. It didn't work for Pruitt. You know, when things went wrong, can you adapt on the fly and say, okay? My system worked against lesser opponents, but it's not working now. Maybe I need to tweak some things. That, I think, justifies a good head coach. That's a great, great comment.
0: Rob, right there below Billy's comment, Rob says, people probably said the same thing about Urban Meyer's offense at Utah. And I don't remember, I was like 14 or 15 years old when Urban Meyer got the head coach job at Florida coming from Utah. But he did have Alex Smith, who was the number one overall draft pick that year, that was his quarterback. And, you know, uh, McKenzie Milton was a really good player that uh, Heupel had at UCF before that awful injury that he got. But, you know, it, I, I don't remember what people were saying about Urban Meyer, but it's also, it's hard to play that game 15 years plus later where Urban Myers won three national championships.
2: Yeah, I think the only difference there is that uh, Florida, Florida's a better program in Tennessee. We all know that. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just and, saying and, that and, and they, they Florida, had better players. Tennessee... In today's football, and I'll ask, and it's not like a backhanded question, I'm just asking. Yeah. How? What's the separation of actual football talent right now from UCF to Tennessee? I don't think it's that big of a difference, right? I would agree. And and so I think that, for me, makes Heupel's job so much more difficult because he's playing probably with equal talent but much, much more difficult competition week in and week out. That's the difficulty of this job. And yeah. I, I bring that up because the Urban Meyer comment is that Florida back then, they could recoup much better talent overall on the roster than Utah could in a very well, quick amount of time.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and Joe, Joe Hinn says, I remember it, it was questioned, but Leak and Tebow made it work. For sure. And again, Ron Zook was a, not a very good head coach, but he recruited really well. So Ron Zook uh, did not just have a bare naked roster after Steve Spurrier went to Washington. So uh, the, the the it was still pretty loaded up for Urban Meyer to come in and just coach it up. Rob says it was just an offense we hadn't really seen at the time. Uh, Danny says Hypel has head coaching experience. He has SEC experience as an offensive coordinator and, and is a completely different type of person from Pruitt. So I'll buy that it is changing the culture for sure, but for good or bad is what we'll see. Uh, and, and I was talking to more Vols beat writers yesterday too, because I, I don't really have a chance to get around Vols beat writers and kind of talk shop a little bit with what they're talking about, but they feel like Josh Hypel is a regular person. And normally when you come across head coaches at, or any type of coach at the college or the pro level, they don't feel like normal people. They've got a little psychopath to them and a little, how they're wired differently to just go, 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 go nonstop. But Josh Heupel feels like you're have a normal conversation with a guy and that's good for the media. Is it good for the football program? Can he be successful because he's never had the eyeballs on him that he's going to as a head coach, and will a normal person feel pressure unlike a crazy psychopath coach, right? Does you get what I'm saying?
2: I, I do understand what you're saying, and, you know, he's 43. He's relatable, I think, to younger people. I think um, he has kind of the new age offense. I always think that always helps you, right? Because if you're willing to put uh, an unorthodox scheme together, I, I, you know, you're, you're kind of more, I don't want to say down to earth, but not on the opposite end of the spectrum that we all felt Pruitt was, which is attention, sir. <laughs> up, 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 Like th- that, uh, that does not resonate with young people. Sure as hell doesn't resonate with me. If I had a militaristic, uh, uh, boss, I, I don't really know how to explain this. I tell that guy keep... Kick yeah, yeah. bricks and go F himself. Now that's me, but I do think that in this younger generation, they come up and they're more free thinking. They know about social media, they know about the rights that they yield and the word that they can speak. And where Pruitt probably comes from uh, you know, back in the day where you shut up and you sit down for supper, right? And look, it's just the way of the world. I I understand it, but Hypo kind of brings that new open-mindedness that I think young, younger players on possibly this roster and future rosters can resonate with. Yeah,
0: no doubt. A to Z Sports here live. A couple other comments. Uh Steven says Tennessee was a bust last year due to lack of trust in their head coach. The talent is still there. Ah, uh, I mean, I think that I think they have talent on offense. We don't know about the quarterback. We'll get to that in a second. They don't have a lot of talent on defense. Uh, and that's going to be a problem because the offense might be able to score points, but the defense is going to be on the field for a lot of time and we'll see how they, how they hold up. John says people forget that Heupel almost won a Heisman trophy. He has been there as a player relates to the current players better than the past four coaches the Vols have had. And another thing that you kind of forget about Josh Heupel. Yeah. He was a Heisman runner up, but he was also a, a transfer. He went to a really small college at the beginning of his career and then transferred to Oklahoma, and then had success. So there's a different level of relatability there with what we see with the transfer portal and all types of experiences that college athletes can have.
2: I think Josh Heupel for me, and this is why I feel the way I do about Heupel heading into this season and the the regime that he'll create over the next couple years. I think he has more pros than cons and that's a good thing. Yeah. Because and when you hire a coach especially in the situation they're in, you usually you don't want to be the Houston Texans where their whole situation is more cons than pros, right? Yeah. I I do think Hypo brings more pros than he does cons and I think I, that's why I'm excited about it.
0: All right, next question we want to ask you guys is who do you want to win the Vol starting quarterback job? Who do you want to win the Vol starting quarterback job? We'll play a clip of Hypo talking about the timeline for the quarterback competition here in a second. But first let me tell you guys about Mandu, the pulse of fitness 115 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. That's mandu.com. Your first workout is absolutely free. Go check it out. Full body electronic muscle stimulation. It's something that uh, not a lot of people have seen or felt, but it is legitimate. If you want to achieve your fitness goals, Go check them out, mandu.com. They've got the science of electronic muscle stimulation and also the uh, intelligence and the education with their trainers being highly qualified to help you achieve your fitness goals. That's mandu.com. And they're about to be here in Birmingham too in the next couple of weeks. They're in the process of opening the Birmingham studio. Mandu's growing across the Southeast quick. Mandu.com, your first workout's free.
2: Yeah, don't forget, download the BetMGM app today. They have you covered when it comes to sports betting. Plus, they hook you up. There's a shorter hiatus between end of NBA finals and beginning of NFL football season, I and mean, college football season, for that matter. So uh, that's a great thing. Download the app today. You can get a risk-free $600 bet, promo code ATOZ Sports. They'll hook you up. It is a great app. I got. I haven't told my story, but I am an honest man. I lost one hundred fifty dollars last night because Ooh. I had Suns plus six and a half.
0: That Devin Booker three would have been nice at the end there, huh?
2: That Devin Booker three.
0: He missed a couple. He late. sucked.
2: No, no, he didn't miss a couple. He sucked what? last night. He couldn't well, hit the. He missed out a out couple. He's he trying Zach, to get
0: like. You know, I, was, I was.
2: I was frustrated with the Suns at the end of that game because they, Giannis, deserved to win that game. And that's why they did his role players stepped up. Middleton stepped up. Even Drew Holiday stepped up. Where Yanna or where, where Chris Paul and Ayton and More Booker. Turnovers. Yeah. All they faded. They faded into the background and cost yep. me 150 bucks.
0: Yeah. Speaking of suns, the first time I've seen the sun in two and a half days in Birmingham. Yeah, it looks uh, good. Yeah. I mean, it looks nice back there. It's kind of drowning me out a little bit, but the sunshine's out. All right. So josh heupel talking about the timeline of naming a starting quarterback yesterday at sec media days Uh, quarterback battle for us we got four guys that are vying for it right now three of them were there during uh, the course of spring ball i think it's really important to give players an opportunity to grow from the last time that they stepped on the field in spring ball Uh, you give them opportunity to understand your system better Uh, grow physically and fundamentally uh, throughout the course of the summer and then you get into training camp and guys are gonna earn more reps guys are gonna earn their way out of the race as well but you gotta give them that opportunity I think it's imperative that your football team offensively defensively staff understand that when you pick a guy he's earned the right to be your guy uh, inevitably for him, there's going to be great plays. There's going to be a couple of bad plays too. He's got to respond the right way, but the guys around him got to believe in him too. And so you got to go through that process. And as a guy earns the right to be our guy, that's when we'll name a starter. So he's got four, four players that are going. We don't to, know yet. <laughs> we have no idea, but I do find it interesting. Cause we talked about this some yesterday. Remember uh, before he spoke at media days, Joe Milton, the Michigan transfer was not going through spring practice. So the other three were Bailey, Maurer, and Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. They were there through spring practice. He's going to give Joe Milton an opportunity. Again, he brought Joe Milton in for a reason. And I think Joe Milton has a really good chance to win this job. And this is just kind of my gut right now. After talking to people yesterday and listening to Hypel talk, he talked more about Milton when he was asked about the quarterbacks as a whole, then naming specific other guys. And so I, I think it's between Milton and Harrison Bailey. And you have to see if Harrison Bailey does not win the job, does he stick around? And that's something that I, I do feel is Probably interesting not. to watch because you need Harrison Bailey. Cause you need multiple quarterbacks because injuries are going to happen. And the Vols have played like, three to four quarterbacks over the last couple of years each season. So, uh, yeah, and and Raging Iguana says some other UT journalists have said that the job is basically Milton's to lose. I I didn't hear it that strongly, but I I, I do feel like people are expecting Joe Milton to get the opportunity to win the job uh, pretty quick.
2: So, if you are a Tennessee fan, you want the most accurate quarterback. That 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 is who you want to win the job, uh, based on Milton's history. I don't think he is it, but uh, you want the most accurate quarterback. So my vote: who do you want to win the job? The most accurate quarterback, not the guy with most no speed or the ability to maneuver out of trouble. Or well, I don't. I think with this quick paced offense, you need a guy. And, and I'll give you an example based on my own experience with Ole Miss. Everybody knows who Matt Corral is now. But he was he was vying for a job uh, a couple of years, yeah, two years ago, with a guy who couldn't throw. And the cream rises to the top when it comes to throwing accuracy. You don't want to get out there and Milton can't throw an out. I've seen Harrison Bailey... He has accuracy. My vote is Harrison Bailey. It will continue to be. I'm not cheering against Milton. I could give a damn, but I would. I think Tennessee fans should be rooting for the guy with the most
0: accuracy. So there. Uh, it's interesting because Hendon Hooker and Vellis Jones Jr. are really close, uh, and so they've been getting a lot of work in together off uh, by on their own, right? And then you see Harrison Bailey working out. Uh, you know, in, in the off season with a couple of the other wide receivers getting work in. So it's, it's going to be Joe Milton's, the new kid on the block who doesn't have these previous relationships where, you know, he can go out and and throw extra that, that has to be kind of reworked from the very beginning where the relationships with the previous guys are established. Brian Maurer, I, I feel like is the outlier in this. He is probably fourth, but I do think he is a safety net because his familiarity with Hypel from when Hypel recruited him out of high school uh, a few years ago, that he could be the worst case scenario, break glass in case of super emergency. He's not if, accurate. If the other three guys just flat out fail. Uh, so I, my, I think Joe Milton's going to get, I think Joe Milton's going to win the job. Uh, I I agree with you, Zach. I want to see Harrison Bailey win this because if Harrison Bailey wins this job over Joe Milton, that makes me feel, based on what people are saying, that Harrison Bailey truly was the best quarterback and that even with Joe Milton being brought in to maybe win the got, win the job, that Harrison Bailey rose to the occasion. I think that would be a big sign if Harrison Bailey starts September 2nd uh, against Bowling Green on that Thursday night
2: game. Yeah, I've always been in the Harrison Bailey train. I, that's who I think should win. That's who I would like to win. I think he has uh, the best upside. But – Uh, I'm not in fall practice, so uh, that is an outsider's perspective.
0: Yeah, no doubt. A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. Uh, I'm still live here in Hoover uh, for SEC Media Days. This morning, Nick Saban, Vanderbilt uh, start the day, and then I'll be heading back to Nashville this afternoon after the morning sessions wrap up. Uh, I did get an update uh, yesterday from Trey Wallace um, about the NCAA investigation and wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai.
2: Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They have inventory that will hook you up with the perfect make and model, whether it's the Sonata, the four-door sedan that I own, or the Elantra, or the Santa Fe, but they also have the brand-new 2021 Palisade. It is a full-size SUV with third-row seating. It's got captain seats in the back and all the bells and whistles up front. You've got Apple CarPlay. It is nice, and the interior is comfortable that is key when you're driving around whether you're an suv you're hauling kids around you're going on road trips the hyundai palisade is the new age of suv and it looks great both austin and i have test driven that car it is awesome the hyundai palisade 2021 it will hook you up wilsoncountyhyundai.com
0: bet mgm the king of sports books download the app today use our code ATOZ uh for a risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet that is BetMGM. Download the app. Take advantage of this uh, because NFL training camps start next week. So there's gonna be a lot of great opportunities to jump on some future odds with our guys Alan Bell and Brian Edwards. They will return on Friday with A to Z Sports picks and really start to focus on college football in the NFL as a lot of week one lines are out plus futures there. Again, BetMGM, download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports. So I mentioned earlier, uh, Trey Wallace and I talked a lot uh, for about 30 minutes yesterday after the Vols went through SEC media days uh, and talked a lot about different about a lot of different things. So you can hear that podcast wherever you watch uh, this show or wherever you get your podcast. The A to Z Sports Podcast stream on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, wherever. But the update on the NCAA investigation, Zach, is it, it feels like the next two weeks we might get some more information and that's kind of where people like, I I think we're waiting for that information to come out because we don't know if Tennessee feels like they have enough information right now to decide to self-impose. But over the next two weeks, that information might become more clear. Trey told me on that podcast that they've started to spend more money from March to April to May to June they've increased their spending on the investigation each month, which means they're even dig- they're digging deeper or they're finding more things that makes the costs go up, which I thought was interesting. You don't really think about how you spend on an investigation, but they're self investigating too. And so I, I really do think the next two weeks uh, more info will come out and that will really determine on whether the vols get self impose a bull ban, recruiting visiting days, a reduction or scholarship reduction, whatever it might be. Now, I do find it interesting that Josh Heupel said yesterday that they expect and they're going to sign a full signing class in this cycle where most people expect scholarship reductions to happen. But Josh Heupel's going like he's going to sign 25 guys, which is the maximum. So he, he did go out and say that publicly where he called it a speed bump uh, whenever he was asked about it yesterday which I think that's a pretty massive speed bump if you're asking well, Yeah, Well right. they
2: told him to downplay it. he got prepped
0: before he went. But he can't say anything. Like he does cuz they don't know yet. And it's crazy that we're all we're in July. They're a couple weeks away from fall camp and they're still just waiting to find more information which hopefully does come out in the next 2 weeks.
2: Uh, I expect them to self-impose a bull ban, just rip a band-aid off and and get it over with and see if the NCAA gives you grace and doesn't give you a second one. Because the recruiting thing does hurt you, but Tennessee's rebuilding. So, you know, who cares if you go to a bowl game this year? Now, you got to make sure that the mindset is correct for your players and they feel like they're playing for something, even though they're playing for not a bowl bid. But I self-impose if I'm Tennessee because from the stories we heard, Austin, I mean, they are cheating. Oh, and stop paying Phil Fulmer. That would be my suggestion. Wow. And I think that was asinine. They're paying that guy 37, dollars 36000 a month to binge your school over. That makes no sense.
0: Yeah, well, I do think uh, the next two weeks have potential for drama uh, in Knoxville. If, if certain information comes out, I do find it to be very intriguing of how um, – you know, soap opera-ish it can get with you know Freedom of Information Act results coming out over in the next couple of weeks too. So that's a, a, a quick update, nothing like crazy on the incidentable investigation, but uh, you know, we should know more in the next couple of weeks. A to Sports uh, well, wait, John question. says is this wrong? <sighs> no. Well, I mean, he was fired but he was allowed to, re- he was told to retire. That's, it, I mean. He wasn't he, fired. He retired. That's wrong, Raging
2: Iguana. That's why I'm so, uh, that's why I, I hold him accountable he was, so much. He, he was retired forced. He was He did they didn't can him. They should have well, fired him at the stake and they didn't. It because was. Because of what he
0: did. Well, I mean, technically he retired.
2: <laughs> that's
0: what, that is, that is the point.
2: He yes. did retire and well, they, they gave him, him.
0: It, it was, it was a Phil. We are going to move on from you. Do you want to retire instead of us firing you? I mean, they saved him and Rob says they protected him. They didn't want to have Philip Fulmer. Who's he, Philip Fulmer's done a lot of good for the university. He's done a lot of bad for the university uh, more, more recently, but he was forced into retirement to save his face and to not ruin a legacy that for a guy who did win a national championship for the university. Right.
2: But even though he, 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 I mean, he cheated and he put everything uh, on the university. That was that he had built. He put uh, up for grabs and let me, and I I say this because these are so cold facts. Phil Fulmer is receiving $37,500 per month through the end of 2023. After retiring, So Raging Iguana, change your tune (laughs) and be a chameleon because they did.
0: They did. They didn't fire him. He retired. They retired him. They forced him to retire. That is the, um, that's the technical turn. He he retired. So,
2: So. but if you want to come with technicalities to this show, I will retort with the real truth of technicalities. He was not fired. He was actually the opposite of what was said. He retired. And now he's he's trying to let time heal his image even though the the university is spending more money every single month of what he was controlling. Yeah. In cheating it, the it school a- that he loves. I just I have a moral problem with that because I have a moral compass of why people do what they do and if you love something don't cheat on them. And that's exactly what, what Fulmer did to his university. And that, that would piss me off if I was a fan.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and it, I think he has. But that's that's just how it went down. He technically retired because he was told to do so instead of being fired. All right, Zach. Let's get to throwing shade here on this Wednesday. If you have shade to throw, we want to hear it. Throwing shade here on A to Z Sports to wrap up every Wednesday show. But first, I'm going to tell you guys. About Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply head to RentersWarehouse.com to either find out how much your home can rent for, or uh, you can do a lot of different things. You can see all their inventory across the mid-state, different types of inventory that you could rent out yourself, or turn your property into a cash flow machine every month by having Renters Warehouse do all the work and then you collect all the money. Pretty easy, is that at RentersWarehouse.com?
2: That MGM promo code ATOZ sports download the app today. All right, Austin, it is throwing shade.
0: Rob said, Rob said, Zach got me fired up. Shade on Fulmer again.
2: No, I I said my piece. I I said the facts. I just don't think that that um, don't reward somebody for screwing you. Uh, I'm, I'm anti that.
0: All right. uh, Joe says he didn't cheat on them. He cheated for them. Just like every other university does. Well, both. Um, anyway, but so Zach, you said you have two shades. I do. You want your sh- shade sandwich? Here, yeah, you, that's you, you fine. do one. I do one. You do one.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, mine. I'll start with SEC Media Days. How about that? Okay. Um, topical. Yeah, it, it is very topical. Austin, did yeah. you see this guy walking around? And did you see this guy ask a question to Mark Stoops rocking the Alabama hat?
0: (laughs) All right. So there was discussion about this. Is that, or am I wrong? Or is that a Braves hat? It is an Atlanta Braves hat. I I did not. I did not see this guy yesterday. I heard I did not see the Mark Stoops. Uh, I was busy doing a couple other things yesterday afternoon when Kentucky was going through it. But that is a Atlanta Braves hat, uh, not Alabama. But again, like I still think it's still shade. I, I what are you yeah. doing wearing a Braves hat at
2: an SEC function as a reporter?
0: I think if you're a reporter and you're working, if you're on the job for you the don't Braves. Wear, <laughs> what
2: I said—the only way that you would be able to wear a, a Braves hat for me if you were working for the Braves—but you have I, no business being at SEC Media Day.
0: I I just feel like if you're a reporter on the job, you don't wear any team stuff, regardless if it's the a baseball team that you're a fan of, um, and you're covering SEC football. I I I don't think it's professional to wear team gear while you're covering an event related or not to that team gear as a professional media member. I, I So the shade is still valid, but it was an Atlanta Braves hat, not an Alabama hat. The Alabama hat would have been like ultimate. They would have, they would have
2: had to say something to him.
0: Probably. Like the only, yeah, the only people wearing team gear should be the people that are are working for the schools with the SIDs and the, the videographers and all the social media people that are following around the coach and the player at SEC media. days. no other team gear. That's it. All right. So So that's your first shade. Yeah, that's my
2: first shade shade. uh, Let's go through some comments. Nate says three shade on the COVID Delta strand shut down Australia and sending a lot of people to the ICU. Uh, I mean, it's definitely having an effect. I don't know if it, I I cannot say if Australia is shut down.
0: Um, I think Nate is in Australia or he's from Australia. Shut
2: down is a harsh term.
0: Yeah, Nate is either from Australia or currently in Australia. I cannot remember uh, which one.
2: Let's see. Um, set to suffer more pain, Sydney. Nate.
0: Ah, oh, Nate is yes, he's in Australia. So Nate, Nate is our uh, Australia. Borders
2: shut and hardly. Uh, there you go. Sydney is in lockdown, so it definitely has gotten a hold of Australia. Wow, and that is that was reported Monday, June twenty eighth. So that was a month ago. Well, yeah, almost a month ago. So I don't want to report anything that is not true. But Australia hit by just like England hit by the the Delta strain. We hope that the United States, um, I don't know, is immune. I, I, I we have the good thing is that the vaccine is more prevalent in the United States. That's a positive. But sometimes the Delta strain doesn't give a damn. Um, all right, we, we digress. Bobby says, throwing shade on billionaires, hosting pissing contests in space. Ah, that was entertaining yesterday. I,
0: I have no idea what happened there. I've heard a little bit about it, but I'm out of the loop just because I've been in the SEC world.
2: Uh, so Jeff Bezos uh, went to space for like, I don't know, a couple hours and then came back down. Just to kind of say that he could do it. Now, I I think that opens
0: well,
2: and the best part about it was he was interviewed after he went up in orbit and came down. It was a press conference, and he said, This is the biggest BDE move I think you can do as Bezos, and say, I just want to thank all of the Amazon employees and customers for paying for it. Like directly a slap in the face. I felt like I was like, well, we paid for you to go to space because I ordered, you know, uh, some Amazon boxes yesterday. I, I guess you could do it and say what you want. When you're Jeff
0: Bezos. Kelkin says it was 11 minutes total. Uh, Bobby says it's 11 minute flight. He was anti-gravity for four minutes, but just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Well,
2: and, and it's building on it. I think that the exciting thing is the, you know, he has the the money to make people able to do that and experience that and get that going and that would be unbelievable if you could fly to space for 11 minutes a lot of people with a lot of money would do that
0: yeah just because because it's such a different experience no doubt about it. all right so uh more do we have more shade comments to get through I, i did see uh uh, Louie says shade on crappy animal owners like his neighbor to the West. Sorry, but animals rule his house. I agree. If, if anybody is mistreating an animal or a pet, uh, they definitely are deserving of shade. I don't know the situation there, Louie. Uh, Danny says throwing shade in the last 20 years of Tennessee football underachieving to the point where none of us are comfortable predicting any more than a six one season. Loyalty is painful sometimes. Uh, Danny. Yep. For sure. Uh, Jeff says shade on parents who force their kids on roller coasters. I saw a girl completely bawling, crying, getting off a coaster this weekend. I mean, I like, I don't have kids, so I don't necessarily know how to criticize or say, but like sometimes like I I would assume a kid is going to be scared to do something and the parent can encourage or make their kid do this to experience their fears. And they probably would have fun on the roller coaster afterwards. But sometimes it probably backfires like that. And ruins
2: it in the hay roller coasters for the rest of their life. You never know.
0: Maybe that's so. the risk
2: of parenting, right? There's no there's no book, there's no handbook to say, hey, look, this is the right thing to do. We you don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, my shade, I could easily throw shade today on talk about and how everybody, not everybody, way too many people at SEC Media Days uh, start asking a, a trying to ask a question and then just freeze and say. Uh, can you talk about that for a second? <laughs> I, I hate talkabouts, uh, but that happens at SEC Media Days every year. But my real shade, Zach, we talked about Kia with Blake Griffin yesterday uh, for our, with our sports trivia. My real shade is on the Kia Road Rager that was driving behind me on I-65 all the way down to Birmingham a couple days ago in the pouring down rain. This Kia SUV was so close to me. I could not see their headlights and pouring down rain. That's how close they were. I finally like let them get by me and they continued to do the same thing to every car with an eyesight. And I cannot stand road ragers or crazy people like that. But then to do it in a downpour rain on the interstate was just flat out dangerous where I, I was tense. I was gripping the steering wheel hard. There was a couple times I thought they were going to hit me. I didn't know what was going to happen, but crazy traffic in the rain, road rage, interstate does not all mix. And that Kia made me feel real pissed off on the road uh, with all that. It, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And I, I was so pissed off at that driver Monday afternoon. And it was for an extended period of time. It was like for 10 minutes straight in, in a downpour, which felt like 30.
2: Uh, that's wild.
0: John says, time for a break test, Austin. Excuse me. I I sneezed there. But time for a break test, says John Daniel. I couldn't do a break test. It was a downpour of rain. I literally could not do anything about it. It was awful. But yes, uh, live sneeze. I think that's the second time I've ever done that.
2: So uh, my ending shade goes to uh, and Austin. We have not talked about this because you've been on the road and uh, it just kind of happened over the weekend. Um, and I thought this would be the perfect time to air my uh, grievance on what, whatever the hell this was. And this is old man complaining and writing a column. And column, look, I respect putting your opinion out there, right? So you've at least done that. But a man by the name of McGraw-Milhaven wrote something on Barrett Sports Media, and it was entitled this. The real stars of podcasting are heard on radio. Here's the headline. Look, the truth is local radio hosts run circles around podcasting hosts in every single measurement. McGraw-Milhaven has more on his latest column. So I clicked on it, and, and I say this because I have done both. Austin, you have done both. We have been in the podcasting world, and we were on radio for a number of years. I think the compolar, a polar opposite of this Yahoo. But I go on to read his, his column, and he states that he hosts a four-hour morning radio show. And one of his lines within this column is, the truth is local radio hosts run circles around podcasting hosts. There, I said it. He goes on to talk about advertising dollars, and this guy is so oblivious of where things are going and where things are not. And so you can have your opinion on this, but I I disagree adamantly with having an hour of really good content instead of spacing him out in 12 segments, hitting Hitting an out time, oh, okay, wait, wait, way to go. You have timing. What people want to hear, and that's the definition of entertainment, that's why you were on radio or on podcasts or on the internet, is entertainment value and information and creativity. Podcasting is the way of the world, and that's where it's trending. And Radio hosts do not run circles. A lot of time, you hear Sports Talk radio hosts just open the mic and be like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about today? And haven't done any homework or any prep because their lazy ass just relies on phone calls. Austin and I and everybody that works for our company, including Buck Rising, who is a radio host, but he got taught in the world of podcasting first. Knows the grind and preparation that our company, A to Z Sports, makes sure our hosts go through each and every show. So, adamantly disagree with this crap-ass take by this guy named McGraw Milhaven, who does a radio show of his own. Stop sipping coffee and reading the newspaper, bud, and start getting into the digital age. Don't let it pass you by because before long, you'll be out of radio looking for a job.
0: Yeah, I'm I got, I need to read the article cause I'm not sure. And unfortunately I'm going to give the guy a click. Um, but I, to understand it, I think I need to read the article cause I don't know. Like, what does he mean by run circles around podcasters? Meaning that they run that radio hosts are more talented. Is that what he's, is that what he means? Yeah. I mean, there are, ta- there are very talented people in radio. There are also very untalented people in radio. They're very like talented. Yeah. Same. And the same thing with podcasts because everybody can have a podcast right now, but it doesn't mean you're like good at podcasting. It's uh, so the guy sounds like he is grasping at straws to stay relevant and how he has to try to have a hot take about how he is more talented than podcasters. And it's just a blanket statement that I think the majority of people disagree with.
2: Here was another uh, excerpt from the, the article. He says, uh, how, uh, according to Bloomberg News, there are almost no podcasts that take in $20 million in ad sales a year. So he's now referencing advertising dollars in justification. But Dan Lebetard just in- inked a three-year $50 million deal in one advertiser. With DraftKings, yeah, it. it uh, this guy, you're like, are, are you sitting? That you're not. You can't say money's moving. <laughs> money's moving away, and so uh, it 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 was a headache to read. And I was about to go public with this uh, instead of actually explaining it. But here's my problem with Twitter: if I come out with a strong opinion on Twitter, I know that people are going to come after me and respond. And I just don't care to respond to all of them. And so, uh, it may be a lazy factor or something that I don't want to do. I would rather just talk to them face to face or have them text me and me talk to them. That's why I love this platform. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that is my ending shade.
0: Good, good way to end it. All right, guys. Uh, we're wrapping up here from SEC Media, Media Days today. I'm here in Hoover, headed back this afternoon. Hopefully uh, the, the sun stays out. I don't have to drive in a downpour again. Uh, but yeah, SEC Media Days has been a success so far. Thanks again to the National Sports Council. Head to NashvilleSports.com to volunteer for the Music City Grand Prix coming up uh, August 6th to the 8th. So check that out. That They need volunteers. That's NashvilleSports.com for that. They've been a great sponsor of all of our uh sec media days content uh i've got another podcast that i'm gonna have uh recorded later on today with a fun guest uh, that i have in mind we'll we'll see how that goes uh but hope you guys have a great rest of your wednesday and we will see you guys later on uh on a thursday back in home studio talking titans once again because titans camp opens a week from today so about to get real busy here have a great wednesday guys see you later
2: adios